August of 2017, I joined this non-for-profit called Olympic Gold Quest, where our mission is to help the Indian athletes win Olympic gold medals. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and innovation, technology, media, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito. I'm usually joined by my co-host, Tom Richardson. So pinch hitting for him is another voice that we've had, another member of our faculty at Columbia, LJ Holmgren. LJ, welcome back to The Cusp Show. Hi, Joe. It's great to be reunited again. It's been a couple months since we've done this together. And when you think about it, LJ, the last time we did this was at the Super Bowl when people were actually sitting and watching sporting events. Yes, the last time I walked through a, a metal detector and the last time I went to a concert. So I think that'll be my last concert. So it's funny. So that was when we went to see Snoop Dogg. Was the, think about that. Snoop Dogg and Guns N' Roses is your last, my last concert. Rose. I know. What a combination. Yeah. Speaking of world, uh, we are lucky enough to have a second time Cusp Show guest. One of the first guests we ever had when she was in our program uh, two and a half years ago. She's gone on to do some amazing things on the international sports side. She did a TED talk. Um, she's really been a trailblazer before she came to us as, as um, an Olympic table tennis player from India. Uh, and we're pleased that Neha Agarwal is gonna join us again. So Neha, welcome back to the Cusp Show. There's so much we have to catch up on. Hi Joe, LJ, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be on this again. There's so much that has happened uh, since I did the uh, show back in 2016, I believe. So yeah, really yep. excited. Yep. So Neha, um, I mentioned a couple of things that you've done. Um, you graduated from the program, uh, moved back to India. You got married. You actually went to an NBA game you were telling us before uh, in October. But from a professional standpoint, and we're going to get into uh, the social side and, and what's going on in India in sport and in life right now, but why don't you just catch us up with from the minute you, from when you graduated the program to all the things that you've done to where we are now? Sure. I think it's been such an exciting journey. Uh, firstly, I'd like to mention that now that I look back, uh, for me, Columbia was such a good transition, uh, you know, from being an athlete to learning how uh, professionally sport is driven in terms of administration, the business of sport and things like that. So uh, I think my one year at Columbia was uh, such a good transitional phase for me, which I always, always cherish. Uh, at Columbia, I really wanted to work at the United States Olympic Committee because I wanted to understand how Olympic sport is governed in the US and probably I could take back learnings from there to India. Uh, and that's what I did immediately. I got an internship at the USOC, now USOPC. And I worked there for around four months at the training center. And that was such a fantastic experience because uh, for me coming from India, uh, you know, we're not really uh, used to being uh, so professionally managed uh, in, in terms of the Olympic sports. And for me, it was an eye opener to see that, um, uh, that the US OC is actually run like any other business organization. And that's one of the most critical things that many other countries need to learn. And it's, uh, it's 
of course one of the biggest factors that why the us is winning so many olympic medals because uh, you know the way the the organization is uh, uh, is run and governed so i think for me that was the biggest learning and i absolutely loved my time there uh, met some amazing people uh, you know continued my uh, my biggest funda at columbia that i learned was to network network and network and um, um, it was it was great learning that way uh, at at usoc and uh, while uh, there i actually was doing two things at the same time i was also uh, doing part time uh, uh, writing uh, i was the website editor for the international table tennis federation and uh, like you know table tennis is my sport um, so it was it was not extra work but it was something i really really enjoyed and uh, learned a lot again from uh, you know being on the administrative side and just reading and writing more about uh, about table tennis um and and from that i actually got into commentary it was it's it's interesting if i'd like to take a moment and uh, tell you that story the uh, the the women's world cup came to the us for the first time uh and this was in philadelphia and i was the uh, website editor there so i just went there to to cover uh, to cover the event uh and espn was broadcasting that for the first time ever and prime time uh so there were two commentators and they were really looking for somebody to uh to be an expert in in uh, uh, you know like a court side commentator and be an expert in that and uh, you know it was that day first time uh, uh, we're going live 7 pm and at literally at uh, 6:45 these two gentlemen who were the commentators come to me and they're like what are you doing i'm like nothing just preparing for my story and they like do you want to uh, be the uh, court side commentator for us i was like okay sure I, i don't i don't care like i don't care how i how i would be i knew i would be confident and uh, that was like my first step to commentary i went on and i was like all over in the us on espn that was a big big deal and i did pretty well uh, so i did that commentary for 3 days while we were at uh, uh, at the women's world cup and then uh went on uh did few more commentary uh stints moved back to india i took a month off actually in december of 2017 to really understand what i wanted to do did did i wanted to stay in the us for more longer or i wanted to come back to india and i was really really convinced that uh, india is where my heart lies and uh, now it's time to make uh you know literally do what i really wanted to do so in uh, august of 27 to 2017 oh no i'm getting the dates wrong oh uh, yeah august of 2017 i joined this non for profit called olympic gold quest where our mission is to help the indian athletes win olympic gold medals uh and uh, we do that by giving them all the possible support uh, that they need in their journey to be the best athletes they can be and at par with the world and uh, that's something very very close to my heart because being an olympian uh, i uh, i've seen the journey what it takes to be there and uh, i wanted to um, you know make sure that the mistakes that we made at our time and the systematic mistakes that were there in my time we are able to correct and thus we are able to produce uh, the next generation of olympic medalists in india 
in the best way possible. So now, in fact, I just completed three years at uh, OGQ and uh, it's just been fantastic, uh, 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 I can say, in the last three years. Now, tell us, tell us a little bit about the job. What do you do? What's the day-to-day -day like? How has it evolved over the three years? And then before you do that, when you were on air at ESPN, there are so many people that aspire to be on air. You were kind of just thrown into the mix and were able to handle it. Did you ever have a kind of sense of who was watching you or were you just kind of doing it, not thinking about that these millions of eyes would be watching you, you know, do the commentary or the sideline commentary for table tennis? No, in fact, you know, I've just been this person that uh, give me a job. If I love it, I'll just do it. And I wouldn't care too much about, you know, how am I looking, feeling and things like that. So, uh, and I think that I've learned a lot from sport because, uh, you know, when you're playing table tennis and it's, three all nine nine i mean you can't be thinking what the world is thinking about you right you have to just focus on the job and uh, win a point and uh, that's what i've learned and uh, I've, I've i think i do that well uh, and that's what i did i mean I, I that was the first time for me speaking uh, like an expert about table tennis and about uh, world number two and number three and number five you know, that's also something uh, I had to keep in mind. So I cannot be technically uh, going wrong at any point. But I was just confident. And uh, um, as, uh, of course, I was nervous in the start, say for about five, seven minutes. But then once I started, I blended into the, into the theme and got into the zone. And I think just naturally, I, I just did it. Yeah. Great. And then tell us about the job. Like, how has it evolved? What are some of the day-to-day -day things that you have to deal with? Yeah, it's it's very interesting and very, very uh, different than actually what I would have uh, ever thought I would be doing. So I had uh, partnerships and communication, uh, and that's how I joined at OGQ. Uh, and what I do is actually fundraising. Uh, at uh, Our CEO, uh, who is uh, Viren Raskina, he is also a former Olympian uh, for our Indian hockey team. He was our captain. So uh, they were also looking for somebody to be the voice and the face for our organization because it was too much of a burden for just Viren to do that. And that's how I fit in pretty well. So my day-to-day -day job looks like uh, raising funds for our organization and keep it going. Uh, and that is a huge, huge responsibility because um, the way we are scaling up, uh, raising funds, you know, it's, it's, it's the most um, uh, unattractive, uh, uh, you know, side of the job. Yet you have to be always on your toes. You have to meet uh, a lot of people. You have to meet them up, and people who have the capacity to donate good money. Here I'm talking about um, I'll have to convert it into US dollars, but 50, 50 lakh rupees, uh, one CR, right? And this is serious money that we're talking about. So you got to meet those people who are in the top of, you know, various fields who have the capacity to donate and who have the aptitude to understand why uh, supporting sport is necessary in India. Because uh, you know, when, when, uh, and India is different, right? We've, we've had only two medals at Rio Olympics, both won by women. Um, and yet you, you might be knowing, I mean, how, um, culturally we are not too open to women, uh, being going, uh, you know, outgoing and working, of course, things are changing, but 
it's such an irony that two medals were won uh, by women and yet women's sport is not to encourage. So we need more and more people to back us. And that's what my job is to, uh, to make uh, Indians and, and people understand the, um, you know, the essence of what uh, winning an Olympic medal can do, just not just for uh, that person or that athlete, but also as a nation, we're producing more role models, we're producing more champions, and India is a young country now. So we need, need more of these role models. So that's where, that's what I do day to day. Um, I also take care of all our external communications and internal communications. Um, so websites, social media, all uh, communication to the key stakeholders, all internal communication within the organization uh, is something which I handle. Uh, since the last uh, 10 months or so, uh, uh, I also took additional responsibility to work with our Paralympians. Uh, in, in October, we started support to Paralympians because we felt that now is high time that India also invests in them and we treat both Olympics and the Paralympics at equal footing. Um, so I manage a few of our para badminton players and oh my God, it's been, um, I, I mean, I just have to say it's been such a, uh, you know, inspiring, uh, such a learning for me. Uh, because, it, and it's such a leveler uh, to, you know, learn from the Paralympians. They're just amazing beings. So um, that's what's happening. And uh, of course, I'm now part of the key uh, decision-making uh, leadership team of our organization. So all our daily uh, key decisions and strategies um, that the organization takes, I'm part of that decision-making as well. So it's been very, very, very interesting uh, for me in the last three years. Um, talk a little bit about, for people who don't understand India's, Indian sport from the top level to the grassroots who are in the States, what are some of the things that you took away from learnings in the U.S. with the USOPC or from class that you've been able to bring back to India? And what are the things that Americans or people not in India need to understand if they want to invest in, in sport in India? I think the, uh, you know, the biggest learning for me uh, was uh, the business driven mindset that was there in the US. And uh, it's, it's important to invest in sport, uh, which is not really a very driving force in terms of the Indian economy. Uh, if you see our uh, sports budget is also, I mean, uh, of course, it's different in the US, you know, US OPC is a, is a non-for-profit and all the funding comes from their donors and sponsors, zero from the federal government. But in India, a large chunk of the money that comes is from the government. And uh, that's, uh, that's the major difference. And that's something for me was very, very interesting that, uh, you know, uh, to professionally run an organization is very, very important in terms of the business perspective, in terms of the long-term aims and long-term goals that a sport organization also needs. I think India was, and I would use the word was because things are changing now, India was still not very professionally managed. 
uh, be it from the government side, be it from uh, the athletes, from the national sports federations, uh, from uh, non-for-profits like ours. So overall, uh, it's the business mindset that I think that I've learned the best. And it works really well for uh, especially non-for-profit like ours, where uh, we need to generate revenue uh, to support to, to support athletes. So in a way, we are, we're also supplementing the efforts of the government uh, that, uh, uh, and, and India is a large country, you know, the government cannot do anything and everything, right? So as a key st stakeholder of, uh, you know, the Indian sport, uh, I think it's very, very important for us to learn the right business ethics, uh, which, which for me has been very enriching. And uh, in terms of, you know, the major differences, say people in the US can, uh, you know, uh, see uh, how sport is run and governed in India. I would say that we are doing really well now. Some of our top officials in the sports ministry are excellent people, which we have got after a very long time. It's been about two, 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 two and a half years that these people have come in. And uh, now there's a mindset to work in collaboration. For, for us in India, everyone's sort of, if I may say so, working in silos. Uh, so the ministry is doing their own thing. Uh, the National Sports Federations are doing their own thing. The Indian Olympic Association is doing their own thing. The athletes are doing their own thing. So everyone wants India to do well, but everything's happening in their own spaces. Now there is, uh, there is much more positivity towards a collaboration at various levels. And I think that's something which I'm very, very happy and proud of. And it'll definitely translate into more Olympic medals uh, in hopefully in 2021. But yes, we'll see a better result in uh, 2024 and 2028 games. Mm -hmm. um, apart from that, I think, uh, see, uh, the major chunk for, uh, for the US in terms of inflow of top Olympic athletes come from your NCAA system. Right, and that is something the most valuable for uh, for America at the grassroots level. In India, we don't have anything of that sort. In India, we really need to pick and choose and find the most talented athlete and put them, him or her, in the system and nurture. So for us, uh, sport is culturally sport is still not something which has to go hand in hand with education which is the asset with, uh, with, for America, right? For India, it is still a large majority of our population is still struggling to go to school. So we can't really expect that, uh, you know, a sport will be considered a priority. So if you talk about Olympic success, while US has the, uh, the rush and the inflow from your NCAA system for us, we, we have a lot of talent, but we really need to pick and choose and put the right ones into the, uh, you know, in the right systematic process for them to, um, to train at international standards. Great. Um, LG, I'm sure you've got some Olympic questions. I had one more before we get to that, since you do a lot of the Olympic work for us. Um, uh, people won't see this, but I mentioned before, you have a Sacramento Kings t-shirt on. Uh, what has been the influence of the NBA in India? How has it gone? And is it, as basketball as a professional sport, 
for men, number one, but then we obviously want to talk a little bit about women's sports as well. Uh, do you see that growing in, in, the, in the, the progress that, that hopefully the NBA is going to see it growing, especially having played a game there in October? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think the NBA strategy for India long term that, you know, first uh, investing a lot in developing the sport itself to build uh, not only athletes, but a fan base as well. I think that was really, really good. Uh, the development program is going excellent. Uh, the uh, NBA, uh, uh, you know, there are various camps being organized. They have tied up with various schools in various cities where, uh, you know, uh, people from, uh, uh, from the U.S. are coming and coaching and doing these camps. So overall, I think uh, in the long run, uh, I, you know, I, I'd like to say that the fan base is, is slowly building. There were a lot of people at the game in, in Mumbai. Uh, but of course, it will take time. But I think what the NBA has done the best is uh, uh, investing in uh, developing the sport and nurturing athletes. I can see a lot of girls also now going to the U.S. Uh, from the, uh, you know, from the uh, from the academy and uh, going there and playing at the at various levels. Now we have Principal Singh uh, there in in one of the leagues now and. So overall, I think the NBA has done really well. The game in Mumbai, I, I got a chance to attend that. That that was actually my birthday gift to myself. I said, I definitely need to go and see how, uh, how, how it's done there. I think they did well overall in terms of the activations, in terms of, you know, spreading the message. So the, 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 uh, the stadium was full uh, and the enthusiasm is there, but uh, I would say it'll, still take some time until we see more more stars like Satnam and many more to come and play in the league, which will uh, bring in more fan interest um, uh, in India. But yes, it's been an excellent start in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And just one more thing on that, which has been lost to history. So I remember talking with the uh, some of our friends at the NBA when the game was going to be played. And at that time in October, the NBA was viewing that as one of the biggest challenges. Could they get this game done? And as soon as the game started, there was, I've, I've been told by some of the people who were there, there was a collective sigh of relief as to how well it came off. Literally, they did not know at the same time that Daryl Morey was dropping a tweet criticizing the Chinese govern, government, which that same weekend touched off the firestorm with the NBA and China. Uh, which people will forget that the biggest challenge they thought was going to be NBA in, in India for the first time, when in reality, <laughs> there was a whole firestorm that came after that, obviously, which now it seems like a thousand years ago. But, you know, the challenge was obviously met, um, you know, an Indian owner brought a team in the Sacramento Kings to India to play. And it seemed like it's, it's kind of grown from there. So, LJ, you want to talk a little bit about Olympics and some Olympic questions and some obviously, you know, some women's sport questions that they should be handling too. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the big one that most of our listeners will want to know is everyone wants to know what happened with 2020 and now what's the pivot for 2021. So I have to start there before I get into some other questions, but can you take us through a little bit of your preparations for 2020 and then now how you had to change due to this impact of the virus? Yeah, uh, for us, actually, it was a big setback. Uh, we were expecting 
we we are actually we are we are expecting indian athletes to win uh win more medals this time at uh, 2020/now 2021 so uh postponement of the games was definitely a setback because a lot of the a lot of the athletes that we work with were actually ready plans were made uh you know peaking at the right time the the number of competitions that they've played the preparations was excellent and now suddenly you have to do again uh, all of this again for a year and uh, especially in weight based sports in sports where you have to keep your body excellently fit so for example in badminton boxing wrestling where your uh, athletic ability is very very critical and every year you age um you uh your body uh, it it it's it makes you difficult and difficult to you know sort of uh, keep up with um you know with your um um what do i put it like with your uh, fitness levels right to put it at the highest level so for us uh, that way it's been a setback uh, but uh, and mentally as well a lot of for and there's a stat i read somewhere about 62% of athletes play the olympic games only for once in their lifetime and think about sports like weightlifting and wrestling where injuries are such a big part and parcel of their life so for them their entire life was dedicated to this one tournament which has been postponed so mentally they were really affected uh but now we're doing better uh training is going on from home to keep them fit um uh, mentally we are working a lot on you know keeping the motivation levels high uh working with the sports psychologists to keep them um you know at least visualizing and keep the, keeping them abreast with uh, uh with with the you know techniques of the game i just 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 hope the pandemic situation gets better uh we're able to participate in a few more um qualification tournaments starting jan feb uh if that happens i think we should be okay and uh, we should be ready for 2021 and hey i mean i think the entire world is going through the same thing so uh it's the survival of the fittest in in many ways and uh we just have to believe in ourselves and keep keep it going right Let's talk about the commercial aspects of the games. So the athletes were preparing, so were these top sponsors. So we've seen some new entrants into the mix. Airbnb um has come online and they had experiences with Olympians from all over the world, so activating globally. Um talk a little bit more about the commercial aspects and opportunities that exist now that maybe didn't exist when you were playing uh for your country in the games. Yeah and uh, I find this so very interesting actually during my time uh, I didn't even have a smartphone when I was at the Olympics wow. and this was in 2008 yeah and here we are in 2020 where uh, whatever you're doing every single minute you can put it up on your uh, insta stories or snapchat right so uh, the way we've progressed for me personally it's been uh it's been like a generational change that i've seen uh in in my uh, uh you know time from playing and now in in the administrative side uh i think for sponsors it's a great opportunity for example that you mentioned airbnb uh there was this recent activation where uh one of our top tennis uh, players sania mirza you you can uh, so sania is hosting uh, uh you know at for hosting you at 
uh, her home and you can train with her, you can chat with her and you can get to know her more up close and personal. And I was like, wow, what an excellent way to do it. So uh, that way for sponsors, in my opinion, uh, it's uh, it's an excellent opportunity to use the athletes, uh, use their time uh, to bring out, uh, uh, you know, their personalities and sides, which generally they would never be able to do because of the hectic schedules. Um, so it's definitely a great opportunity. Um, the other way to look at it is the long term, uh, you know, how do you keep going on if you do not get your returns, if the athletes are not participating, because all of them are still stuck at home and uh, you would keep going on with an athlete uh, as as per their performances, they have to keep going on playing tournaments. Now that the tournaments are not happening, you have to keep relying on their previous success. So for me, I'm not too sure how that will uh, work on. We will have to see in the next couple of months. But uh, at least from India's side as well, I see so many athletes now are getting into commercial contracts with the companies, our top uh, Olympic star, PV Sindhu. She's uh, one of, she's the highest paid uh, female athlete from India and one of the highest paid Olympic athletes, uh, male or female. And uh, she's been doing some excellent activations from various sponsors. And uh, um, in my opinion, yes, the athletes need to take advantage, at least from India's side, even the more. And I'd also like to mention here is that uh, if you see even the IOC, uh, what they are doing on their social uh, social channels, uh, they're doing various kind of activations which they could not do previously, right? So there was the series on the Olympic Day on 23rd June where you could uh, work out with Olympic athletes all for 24 hours. So irrespective of the time zone, you could do that. And that was excellent. I did one of the workouts there uh, that day too. So uh, even from uh, the IOC side, I think um, a lot of interesting content coming up and great, great uh, opportunity for both athletes and sponsors. Um, Neha, touch a little bit on two aspects. One, you mentioned uh, some of the challenges that you had to overcome as a female athlete and how that has evolved. And then the other one, I think everyone would be interested to know how uh, the Black Lives Matter um, protests have affected not just Indian sport and, and, and activism, but, but just the country in general. So touch on the growth of women's sports, hopefully, and where you think that is going, because you were certainly a trailblazer, and where, how Black Lives Matter uh, has affected uh, people in India as well. Yeah, in terms of uh, women's sport, I think uh, I have no doubt that if um, given an equal opportunity, I think uh, women do better than men. Uh, and I'm very, very proud to say that. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, for India in the, in the last Olympic Games, we won two medals and both came from women. Um, traditionally, we've just been a country where um, you know, women, women have not been there in the working, uh, working space. Uh, girls, uh, you know, girls have not been really encouraged to go and play sport from an early age. And uh, I think that trend is changing, uh, which is really, really encouraging uh, for, for, for all, for both men and women, I feel. And uh, now from all levels, I feel 
uh, you know, from our federation uh, side, from the sports ministry side, uh, there's been a push, there's been an awareness to support more women athletes so <laughs> that we can win more medals. And it's a very, very exciting time in India to be, uh, you know, to be a girl and to be playing sport. Because now uh, I, I can guarantee that if you're talented, if you have the potential and if you're passionate and hardworking, I think the, we are, we're all ready to support women. Of course, there's a lot, lot more scope and you know, we've, we still have a long way to go, but I can, I'm, I'm happy to say we've come really, really far away. And uh, even in terms of the probables for now Tokyo Olympics in 2021, our top medal potentials are women still. So I think we, we just, as a nation, we need to keep uh, investing more in women's sport and uh, keep encouraging and keep going. I've been also, you know, been advocating about so many other issues that women face uh, being athletes and just uh, in sport, uh, you know, which, through which sports science can help us, uh, uh, you know, and uh, I feel, the trend is changing and I'm very, very optimistic, very, very hopeful that uh, say by 2024 and 2028, we'll have more women uh, from India participating and uh, winning medals. Uh, also, even at the grassroots levels, you know, our government has taken a lot of steps to inculcate uh, sport in the, uh, in the school curriculum to make it mandatory. In, uh, before that, it was not. So, which is excellent because now uh, for, for parents, you know, when the school makes it compulsory that the, the girls have to go play, the parents obviously have to support them. So overall, it's, it's very good news for India that all of these positive things are happening. Uh, what was the, your other question? Uh, Black Lives Matter, how, how, how the social unrest has, has impacted not just athletes there in support, but just in general. Yeah, I think we've, uh, you know, we are an equally diverse country. Uh, our, uh, they say that, you know, with every 10 kilometers you go in India, we have a different, we have different color, we have a different uh, race, we have, we have different language. So we are equally diverse. And I think uh, the, the Black Lives Matter um, um, movement in the U.S. has, has, uh, given, you know, like a niggle to India as well. There were many athletes uh, who actually came out and spoke about racism within sport. And it's great because uh, these are things we actually never speak about. Uh, in India, uh, even sexism, uh, it continues to exist. But, um, you know, in sport, athletes, I still feel uh, they don't use their power enough uh, to, inst to instigate uh, social change, right? That's something as a country, we still haven't um, um, developed that uh, for athletes. And I think that will happen only when the athletes are also at, at a good footing. In the US, they are, right? And they have, the, you have more freedom of <laughs> uh, uh, expression and speech uh, than in India, I, I think. But definitely there's been a spill, spillover effect and there were a couple of, uh, um, you know, athletes who came out and spoke about uh, racism. So, but, but uh, honestly, I don't see it. 
happening and people coming out too much like the way it came in the US. Uh, still athletes, I don't think they, they are too confident of voicing uh, their opinions in terms of such sensitive issues of social change. So that's something which we really need to improve as a country also. Um, and I just, uh, before we let you go, um, are there companies, I was just thinking about this, but some brands that the American consumer or the American sports business landscape don't know about who have invested in Indian sport and maybe investing in the future in American sport? Um, companies or officials we should be watching um, who are really innovative and disruptive, whether it's on the tech side, on the consumer side, um, who, who you may be helping with um, all the Olympic work that you're, you're going to be doing or the not-for-profit work or just in general on the consumer side. These are some companies or some people who everyone should be watching who may not be watching them right now. Yeah, uh, I think in terms of, uh, I mean, we've not touched upon cricket, but if you, if you see the way cricket has uh, evolved and a lot of that has come from India in terms of um, uh, selling the game well, right? It was, if you see IPL, uh, the Indian Premier League in cricket, is, it's as entertaining as it is the NBA or the NFL. And that's something which has, um, which has got the country together. And uh, I feel like uh, th there was these all-star games that happened. And, you know, there are a lot of people that who, who want to now invest in uh, cricket as well. Uh, a few of them I know are working on it also. Uh, but that's something which the U.S. Uh, could also focus on because it's also monetary-wise. Uh, there's so much Indian uh, audience here in the U.S., and if uh, bringing this, this game to the US uh, in, in a substantial way, I mean, of course, once the pandemic ends, we would know how the world has changed. Uh, but if that can happen, I think uh, uh, many more companies who are still uh, sort of shadowed, uh, who could appeal to the Indian, audi the Indian audience in the US would really benefit. I think in terms of also uh, analytics, we are doing really well. So there's this company in India in uh, doing table tennis analytics. And, uh, you know, they've, they've also partnered with the International Table Tennis Federation and uh, uh, doing fantastic. It's called Stupa Analytics, you know, started by a young uh, uh, girl who's, uh, you know, just passionate about the sport and knows, has a wide variety. So in terms of that, and also uh, there's a lot of good, uh, content we're able to get through that in terms of also uh, engagement on uh, on TV. So there's this company, uh, Sports Interactive, who who really put out good uh, metrics for various games from uh, uh, football to um, uh, cricket and badminton with all the leagues that are going on, uh, which is which is doing excellent. So I think we're 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 even in terms of, you know, marketing and uh, uh, analytics and uh, uh, writing, content writing, India is growing. Uh, there's many more, a lot of startup companies uh, that are, um, you know, that are doing well in terms of all of this that, that actually originates in the U.S., in my opinion. So, uh, we'll, we'll, overall, if you want to 
have some takeaways that we're we're growing. We're growing in terms of uh, the athletes doing well. We're growing in terms of the sports industry. We're having, uh, by the way, we're also growing in terms of education. I'm actually doing a course currently on uh, sports high performance, uh, uh, with uh, uh, which is started by Elms Foundation and Abhinav Bindra's Foundation, which where there are around 50, uh, 50 sports administrators talking about high performance and leadership. So there's so much going on in Indian sport and you will see results in the next four years. Uh, mark my words, there'll be more, many more companies where you never know the U.S. wants to work with. Great. Um, LJ, you have any parting thoughts before we tell everybody where they can find Neha? Neha's journey is one that inspires most, so many. I would say if you haven't listened to her first podcast, do that as well. Neha's a student that really comes into the program eyes wide to see what the industry looks like, what the American landscape looks like, and then really got to work, dug in, did the networking, really put the work into making sure she got to know her professors and the administrators. And it's really paid off when I look at where you've come and you're not just a product of one, you're a product of many, and now you're inspiring that and paying it forward. So I'm very proud of where you are. Um, and I look to uh, look forward to continuing to watch your journey. Oh, thank you so much. I think, uh, I think it's all about learning uh, from, from your past experience, learning from your mistakes and uh, paying attention to the right people. Uh, at Columbia, I just, I just always say that I was fortunate to be with the right people who guided me really well. Uh, so, and you just have to then take advantage of the situation you're in and uh, just jump and keep, uh, keep hustling. I, I think you just have mm -hmm. to keep hustling all yep. the time. So Neha, um, where can people find you on social media and the organization you're working with, if they want to find out more information, where should they go? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the rate Neha Agarwal. On Instagram, at the rate Neha Agarwal 11. Uh, and Facebook, Neha Agarwal. Uh, and I'm also now Neha Agarwal Sharma uh, with my taking my husband's last name. Uh, my organization's name is Olympic Gold Quest. And we are simply at, at the rate Olympic Gold Quest on all Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so yeah, you can uh, also, if anyone wants to reach out to me in terms of knowing more about my experience at Columbia, always happy to you know share and um, uh, to give any advice if any students want, because I feel like mentoring and having the right people is very, very important. So always up for that. Great. Well, once again, you know, we started with you. Uh, we now pick it up here and we look forward to uh, picking it up again. Hopefully, LJ, when Tom, Tom actually has electricity again, which would be nice. So we'll be able to get him on the next one. Um, but you have inspired all of us. Um, it's really been amazing to watch your journey. It was great that we were able to get to see you when you've been back here. Hopefully, when the pandemic clears, you'll be coming back to the States. Uh, at some point, but for now, we'll, we'll follow you from afar. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us on the Cusp Show. And LJ, it was great to have you on as well, as always. Thanks, Joe. Thanks to Zoom, right? Yep. And uh, Neha, any parting thoughts? No, thanks, Joe. Thanks, LJ. Uh, hi to Tom. Uh, I think uh, 
parting thoughts uh, i think uh, uh, one uh, the the program is great at columbia i always vouch for it uh, but the really essence is that uh, it, the responsibility lies on you uh, it's what you make of the opportunities that are presented to you and not what others can give to you so i think uh, that's something uh, that's been my mantra also even uh, now in my uh, professional and personal life you just have to uh, dig in and uh, keep finding opportunities for yourself to grow and for your organization to grow uh, and yeah uh, good luck a um, lot of exciting things happening at columbia i'm keep i'm always following and i'm always so proud of the work that all of y'all have been doing in uh, you know nurturing the next generation and next set of sports administrators all over the world so Great. thank you thank you so much for having me Great and once again uh, you've been listening to the Cusp show I'm Joe Favorito uh, with LJ Holmgren today Tom Richardson is off trying to get his power back and Tom Cerny's on vacation so uh, once again Neha Agarwal thanks for joining us uh, I'm Joe Favorito you've been listening to the Cusp show and we'll see you down the road